Welcome and thank you for joining us on this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, where we connect and collaborate with experts in their industry, published authors, and fascinating people. As a Chief Inspirational Officer, I'm focused on the development of people by unearthing their values, their talents, and their self-worth, otherwise known as that self-esteem. People matter, self-worth matters, time matters, and when it all aligns, everything works. And today we have Jeffrey Combs with us, and Jeffrey is the president and the founder of Golden Mastermind Seminars. He is a top-tier success coach specializing in personal breakthroughs. He has the unique ability to break through the cause that creates the effect of why people do what they do so he can best assist them to release those mental and emotional obstacles that prevent them from achieving their goals and dreams. So Jeffrey has a very high rate of success in assisting people with these breakthroughs, with their conscious and unconscious anxieties. And so our listeners today, Jeffrey, are going to just eat up everything that you have to share with us. So welcome to today's podcast episode. Thank you, Marlo. It is my unequivocal privilege to be here with you today. It makes it even more unique since both you and I have Iowa connections. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. But you're coming to us here in California. Today, I live in the beautiful San Francisco Bay Area, actually a little outside of San Francisco in the San Joaquin Valley where it stays warm year-round. Wonderful. That's wonderful. So obviously you are an international speaker, you, you're a published best-selling author, and um, we want to learn from you when you're speaking to our audience of entrepreneurs and business owners. Through the success that you've had, Jeffrey, um, is there a key formula that you can share with our listeners today that, um, that you've achieved or that you act well, on? One of the reasons that I myself have been successful and then many other people experience their successes is there are a few components that when come together, it creates a compounded effect. I mean, but it's not, it's not so much that it's difficult to succeed. It's new for many people. If you've had a job for a large percent of your life and You've, you've been educated, well, that, that type of model, there's a way you can succeed in it. However, many people find that that type of success becomes boring, stifling. It becomes the routine, the mundane, and they also find themselves limited. I wanted to succeed in free enterprise and entrepreneurship. And when I got out of college, I started pursuing that, and I learned that the educational system had not given me the proper skills, techniques, mindset that I required to be a success in in the free enterprise and entrepreneurship. So through repetition and experience, learning how to create value and deliver good service, I started to create some results. But any type of success, is going to, whether it's a job, whether it's a business, whether it's as an athlete, is going to require some of the same components. It's going to require emotional discipline, the ability to separate your feelings from the past events so you don't live in an overwhelmed, anxious state. Repetition and experience, the ability to do the same situation over and over, creating a term called auto-suggestion. Patience, being able to understand that results don't always happen automatically and results will come to people who are skilled at a vocation. So when you're talking about being successful, it's not only a B state, but it's a state that you want to stay in a large percent of your life. And I'm talking about being successful as a person, being successful in a business, being successful in a job, there's key components when put together can enhance the law of averages. I love it. I love it. Now, how have you arrived at that? I mean, what, what has 
allowed you, Jeffrey, to be such an expert with speaking with that level of conviction like you do? Well, few few situations. So first of all, I was a drug addict and alcoholic for a large percent of my life, 14 years of my life. But I also had a very strong athletic background and a good ethic when it came to working. And so I, I had the athletic background and the fact that I was disciplined, but I also derailed myself for a large percent of my life. I entered into recovery when I was 31 years old and was committed to the to living a good life. And I have been doing that for the last 29 years. And and the, the daily discipline that I have, anyone could have it. Unfortunately, most people don't have it. They get overwhelmed, they get anxious, and they take themselves out of the flow of, of the experience. For me, I've been able to do that. I've, and it's not because I'm blessed or I'm lucky. It's because I'm good. And I got good by repetition and experience, doing the same thing over and over. And then having clarity, emotional clarity, and then the eyesight clarity, being able to feel what I want and know what I want, and then be willing to stay in the process long enough to accomplish it by having a 90-day game plan, a daily method that I operate in, and then having clearly defined short-term goals that are realistic and then accomplishing them. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, so um, talk about um, how you get people, because you've got this unique ability, right, that, that you understand that, that, you know, the effect and the cause of, of what, um, when people get stuck, those mental and emotional obstacles, can you take us there? Is there a formula or, or a strategy that you work with your clients on that helps them break through that? There is, Marlo, and I will, I will be able to state clearly that I'm one of the best in the world in this niches. And so what I'm really good at is I'm really good at breaking down the events that create an addiction. So the 12-step programs are absolutely fantastic when assisting people with the fundamental foundation of recovery. My niche is understanding what goes on in the brain and how the brain creates a placebo effect based on a series of events that form a feeling. So what happens to a large percent of society is events shape their feelings in childhood. So if you grow up in a household where there's violence, where there's addiction, where there's abandonment, there's rejection, there's sexual traumas, there's molestation, any multitude of situations, our body and our brain forms a set of feelings. And unfortunately, we tend to operate out of those same set of feelings over and over. And this, I'm talking about codependence, over-obligation, and all the other multitude of addictions that can happen based on the events that shape feelings. Now, my niche, and I do this at least 12 hours a day. I've, had, I've been coaching for 12, I've been coaching routinely 10, 11, 12 hours for the last 19 going on 20 years, three, four days a week, and I speak every Saturday to audiences around the United States. But I'm really good at assisting people to understand how those events create a neurological network of neurons that wire and fire and form a feeling. So a lot of those feelings become emotions. Those emotions become anger, hate, resentment, guilt, shame, abandonment, rejection, overwhelmed feelings, grief, and apathy. That's what forms our emotions that form anxiety, fear, and doubt. And it's a very, very high percent of society that lives in, in those three energies. That's anxiety, fear, and doubt. I'm very skilled at assisting people to understand why they do what they do, the events that shape their feelings, and then realistic techniques and skills on how to separate their feelings from the events. Mm, I love it. It's 
Because that's just amazing how you have been able to to break it down and extract it to a point where people can relate to it, right? I mean, because it's almost such an unrelatable topic that your ability to um, to connect in such a way is very very powerful. So tell us about the anger factor. I mean, you're a best-selling author. What does the anger factor include? What, what's the purpose of writing that book? That's a great question. Well, first of all, a large percent of society, myself included, has unresolved issues. And I lived in a lot of unresolving anger myself from some of the events that shaped my feelings as a child. And I lived in a, I'm not, I was never good enough, and I, that became part of my identity. And I was, I was angry at myself and angry at others, and I held other people responsible for my feelings. Even when I got clean and sober, I didn't really realize the depth of my unresolved anger. So anger manifests in anger, hate, and resentment. And I resented myself for sabotaging my athletic career. And I held a series of coaches and other people responsible for my feelings when it was really about me not willing, being willing to pay the price, among other situations. And as I started to have a better understanding of cause and effect, I was able to take a better look at why I did what I did. The first six years of my drug and alcohol recovery in sobriety, I had manifested in a migraine headache. Well, that was left over from the events that shaped my feelings. As I began to separate my feelings, start to understand the power of forgiveness, let go of the people I held responsible for my own feelings, not hold them responsible for how I felt, my headache began to go away. I started reading a book called Angry All the Time. It was written by an author, a husband and wife team called Efron and Potter. And I recommended that book to many, many, many of my clients. I became so skilled in understanding the emotional state that the anger factor became my version of how to assist people to release and let go of the events that they hold on to. So I began the formulation of that book about four years ago Three years ago, I put it into application and and self-published it. No one would take the title on. They said it wouldn't sell. It's interesting that just in the last couple months, we sold over 400 units of that book through our own Internet marketing campaign. So we put that book in a lot of people's hands. I had a woman buy 10 copies of it yesterday, and she told me, she said, if she would have had this book five years ago, she might not have gone through a divorce. I mean, that was a great testimony that someone would say that. So I wrote that book to really, it's, it's a big component of that book is my story, but it also assists people to understand the power of forgiveness, letting go, releasing, and then learning how to turn anger into passion. Mm, talk about that, anger into passion. What does that really mean? Well, it means a lot of people repress their anger. So in the medical community likes to take the term repress and turn it into depress. So the medical community, and that's a whole other topic, the medical community tends to medicate. So what many people end up doing is they end up having anxiety or they have depression. So a lot of their anger gets repressed. And it's not uncommon for my clients to say, I don't remember my whole childhood. I don't remember anything about my childhood. Then I'll start asking them, where'd you go to grade school? Who was your third grade teacher? Do you remember anyone in your class? Well, of course, they start to remember. So their whole childhood wasn't a blur. So I assist them to have a better understanding of why they do what they do. And in, in doing that process, I'm able to assist people with understanding the, the, the value of letting go. That's separating your feelings from the events. 
So when we repress our anger, it tend, our energy tends to be in our upper body. We're not in touch with our sexual energy. We're not in touch with our emotional power. And this is why so many people don't have tone in their voice. You ask them a question, they cross their leg, their eye irises go up and out, they look at the ceiling because it takes them about three to eight seconds to formulate feelings into words because they're afraid they're going to get in trouble, make a mistake, make a mistake or they're going to offend someone or any multitude of situations because they hold on to repress feelings and events that shape them. Now, as we begin to let go, it gives us a different space to operate neurologically in our brain and emotionally in our body. As you begin to learn some simple deep breathing techniques, it begins to oxygenate your brain and the neurons that wire and fire that form a feeling begin to separate. They don't cluster and condense. They separate. So this is how you virtually wire a new brain is by breathing, letting go, and then having clarity in what it is you do want rather than focusing on what you don't want. So many people focus on not failing rather than learning the skills of recovery or the skills of success. So that is just some of the insight that I can share with your listeners today. I love it. I love this. Okay. So, um, how- Interesting for an Iowa boy from a small town of about 7,500, isn't it? It is. <laughs> okay, but take us there for a minute, Jeffrey. You didn't just wake up with this level of expertise in your life. I mean, yes, you've experienced things, but you know what? When was the day or when was the moment for you when you decided that you wanted to take and really dig in onto this topic? I mean, was there, what was that moment for you? Good question. So there's, it was a series of them. There's about three distinct ones that I can tell you. The first one was I hit rock bottom in the Bay Area of San Francisco. I was consuming a gallon of vodka a day. I was about to be 32 years old, and I had been drinking that much vodka for several years, and it was a gradual from 18 to, to 31 And I had lost the will to practically live, and I hadn't eaten for almost two years. I just couldn't formulate the grocery store or a restaurant. Alcohol had become such a way of life, it was my way of life. I started having delirium tremors. Now, as an addict in alcoholism, it means that I was starting to have convulsions, and I had them for a couple days. I went to a doctor. The doctor put me in an ambulance. I ended up in a drug and alcohol outpatient clinic outside of a county jail. I got clean and sober there, and the fourth day in that, in that recovery, I told myself I'd never drink again. So that was, that was number one. Then as a business owner and an entrepreneur, I hit a, I hit a financial rock bottom in my late 30s. I had failed back-to-back on three different occasions. And I, it's not so much that I failed. I attracted companies that failed that went out of business. And so it, but that led to deep disappointment, resentment, and some of the other emotions that I write about in the book. I had a, I, I came to a place in my life where I had to succeed. I just couldn't keep struggling. And I broke through on that in 1996, and I went from virtually $100,000 in credit card debt to I had one of those mythical, magical, multiple six-figure years as a business owner. And it was like magic. Everyone that I'd been looking for for six years showed up in one year. Now, I can explain that. I mean, it would be longer than it would take in an interview, but it means that through the power of what I began to let go of, the 
the depth of the law of attraction had kicked into the science of attraction. I mean, I've been studying the law of attraction for 20 years, but once I start to underst started to understand quantum physics and neuroscience coupled with, with recovery and addiction, it clicked for me. And I started to change who and what I attracted. And I was in a much more relaxed body. I, I ceased being overwhelmed. And I wasn't focusing on any of the debt that I was in. I started focusing on results. A simple, subtle shift happened to me. Then the third breakthrough for me was I decided to move from that business. I walked away from that business and I became a seven-figure income earner, sold it, started my seminar company, and started coaching clients almost 20 years ago. And then in that phase of my life, that's when I started to spend time with John Assaraf, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Mark Victor Hansen, Jim Rohn. I actually started to hire these speakers to speak for me. Now, as they started to speak for me, now I'm exposed to their content. I'm exposed to them as a mastermind. Another brilliant speaker from Australia, Pat Masidi, I started collaborating with him. And so my law of alignment completely shifted and changed. Now I'm, now I'm through the power of association, I'm learning quantum physics. I'm spending quality time with Jim Rohn. I'm spending quality time with Mark Victor Hansen. And so any of us can do this. I mean, just like I said, I'm from a small town in Iowa, Clarinda, Iowa. And I mean, this is through ever But I was committed, Marlo. You can tell that I have that edge in my voice, can't you? Oh, no question. No question. I, and I was, yes. I was not going to be denied because I missed out being a major league baseball player. I screwed up my life in my 20s. And I was not going to tiptoe quietly through life and have my epitaph said on my grave, tiptoed quietly through life, arrived at grave safely, died the greatest pain, pain of regret. Mm. Very, very valuable. You know, there's so many people, Jeffrey, that are listening to this episode and the value that you bring to to your own experience. And um, it, yes, it, it comes with the conviction and the knowledge and everything that you um, breathe into what you do. And that's why it is so successful. But I'm curious, I have a question. So when you're working with people, you know, do you take them through a visual exercise? I mean, how do you, it's one thing to hear it, right? It's one thing to be told these things. But how do you, or what do you find is most effective for people to really absorb the knowledge and then act on that? Is it, do you understand well, what I'm saying about that question? I do. Well, I've coached okay. 60,000 hours, so I'm not a novice at it. So that's five times the 10,000-hour habit. Does that give you – that's six times Correct. the 10,000-hour habit? Yes, so I have yes. a lot of repetition and experience of coaching people one-on-one. -on -one. The first thing I do with any client is I meet them where they are. I don't have any expectation of them. I find out what they're looking for from me. I'm very attentive to the gaps and delays in their communication, how they check out, why they do what they do. I find out background about their history, and I look for the events that they hold on to. I start pointing out to them very diplomatically why they do what they do, the denial they're in, how they tend to protect their perpetrators and their family and circle of influence, how they live in guilt and resentment, and I start to, give, I start to show them real, relaxed, realistic ways to let go over a period of time. Now, we're talking evolution and transformation recovery. I'm not a quick fix artist, nor do I ever tell people what they want to hear. I'm also not going to confront them and be in their face. I'm very diplomatic about what I do because I've, I mean, I've been doing it a long time, plus I have my own recovery coupled with it. 
29 years of my own sobriety, 19 going on 20 years of coaching clients. So what I also know is people are predictable. Even though many people will tell you or they'll tell me they want to change, they don't really commit to it. And so their communication style requires an overhaul. So what most of society talks, they talk in riddles, Marlo. They use terms like kind of, sort of. They use okay a lot in their sentence structure. And most importantly, Marlo, the American populace inserts the word guess in practically every sentence without even knowing it, which means when they communicate between their brain and their body, they're in doubt by saying guess. So this kind of alignment requires being addressed quickly. So if you ever see me speak, the people that sit in the room that have coached with me versus the people that haven't coached with me in that room, there's a distinct difference because they start, they start to communicate differently between their brain and their body so they live in a spiritual place in neuroscience called one with. So when, once your word becomes law and you stop telling yourself, I'm worried all the time, I'm always worried, I'm always overwhelmed, when you communicate like that, that's your identity. Once you begin to separate your feelings from the past and you start to communicate differently with your body, it creates a different type of centrifugal force. There's an undertow that begins to happen. It's not overnight. It can be gradual. It can be rapid. It depends on how committed you are. So that's where I start with people, and then I continue to meet them where they are, find out what they're committed to, give them guidance and input on what it is they seek to achieve, and I have a very high success rate. Now, high success rate, here's what that means. It means in the law of averages, I have a high success rate in the law of averages of people breaking through. That's what it means. Mm. I love this. Okay, and we're coming to the close of our segment today. But the thing, you say relaxed, realistic forgiveness. Wow, that really that really sets the tone for, for our listeners on this episode today. Jesse, you are an absolute delight, and um, what a joy to get in your circle of influence. And to learn more about Jeffrey Combs, you can visit our website at marlohiggins.com, or you can learn how to obtain Jeffrey's book, connect to his resources, and add him to your circle of influence. Thank you for your time today, Jeffrey. It has been an absolute joy. Marlo, thank you. I also offer free 15-minute coaching sessions. Anyone that reaches out to me, they want to reach out through you. They can also find me on Facebook. Marlo, you're a first-class woman. I'm honored to be on your call and want anyone listening to know that if you're listening to this content, I highly endorse Marlo as a woman of influence and affluence, and it's an absolute privilege and honor for me to share this space with you. Wow, what an honor. Thank you, and it goes back both ways. So we invite you to share this podcast with others, and thank you in advance for that partnership. This is Marlo Higgins, your host and Chief Inspirational Officer. Make it a great day. Thank you for being with us, Jeffrey. Marlo, thank you very much.